Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello dog lovers and welcome to Dogs With Jobs. I'm Kate Fairweather, great to have you with me and I'm very excited about today's offering because I was trying to land them for a while but um, I don't know if you know this but the UK's fire service has 17 fire investigation search dogs in the whole country and amazingly uh, we've got three of them right here in Hampshire very near Petersfield so uh, I was absolutely delighted to get this interview with Sean White who's a super experienced uh, veteran fire service dog handler and fireman obviously firefighter I think we see now um, who very kindly introduces us to Louis who's in his prime a beautiful and very talented springer spaniel with fantastic backstory actually and um, fantastic abilities so buckle up here's what we've got for you today so where are we exactly what what's this called this is um Basically, it's the end of Ports of Harbour. If you carry on following it round, yeah. it takes you out of Ports of Harbour. This is this is Lower Key, or what used to be called Farron Creek. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's Lower Key. So tell me, you've been in the fire service generally 30, yeah. 34 years. Thirty-four years. Congratulations. That yeah. sounds a, that sounds a long and happy career. Still um, here after thirty-four years. Yeah, it's an enjoyable job. Have you always worked with the dogs? In 2014 was my first dog. Right. Uh, which was Harvey, a border collie. Um, he was rescued. I initially trained him for Lowland Search and Rescue, um, okay. which he qualified for. And then because I was bringing him into work, and the other dogs that we had at the time, Saxon and Inca, um, were training, he used to get overexcited. So um, Graham Howlett, the, the, the handler at the time and manager of the department said just try him and he picked it up straight away so we took it from there so you'd already worked as a volunteer for hampshire lowland rescue no it was actually dorset i said i worked i did um, the training with dorset mm-hmm. um dorset search and rescue team so they ran courses i, st- I stuck harvey on them just to give him a job really yeah he needed a job and so i decided to do that and i said he progressed into fire investigation so explain what fire investigation is then. My job as a fire investigator is to do cause and origin, so how it started and where it started. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm... And where the dogs come into that, is there another tool in the van that we can use to establish whether inoitable liquid has been used? I was thinking that it was on the site of fires, seeing if there were people in there. No, the, we do have um, USAR teams, which is the Urban Search and Rescue, yep. and their dogs are trained to look for live human scent. So right. when you breathe out the carbon monoxide, the dogs pick up on that. Right. And they can actually search for people in collapsed structures and, and things like that. So, um, But no, these, these dogs are for fire investigation, so yep. they look for ignitable liquids. Who are we with? This is Louis. This is Louis, yeah. He's a four-year-old. He, he, all, all my dogs, so all three of my dogs... Um, have been rescues and Louis came from a family locally that took him on as a puppy um, he's come from working stock as a, a Springer Spaniel right? Um, and they couldn't cope with him because he's got such a high play drive that he um, it was just a nightmare for him and he came to me at a year and a week old oh. and uh, he's Needing come something to do. Yeah. and basically after four days I thought he can't stay with me because I thought he was going to break me <laughs> Um, but he, he really did settle down, and he's, he's probably about 80% settled now. And career-wise? He's doing well, yeah, yeah. He's, um, 
He's, he's qualified two years on the trot now with Hampshire and Thames Valley Police. We've got qualification um, next week with um, Surrey Police. So, yeah, he should be OK. And what does that mean? Does that mean that you'll be able to work him in yeah, Surrey we, we as have, well as Hampshire? No, as, no, no. It's, it's just that Hampshire and Thames Valley weren't available. Right. Um, so we can walk around this way. Yeah. They weren't available to um, qualify him. And I need to qualify him within the year, so right. um, sorry, we're kind enough to say, yeah, we can do it for you. So, so it's quite a structured career then in terms of training for Louis. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. If he's not, if he's not qualified, we qualify as a team. Yeah. So if I have a bad day and we, I foul, we both foul. If he has a bad day and we foul, we both foul. So, so talk me through from the beginning when he came to you as a rescue, very bouncy. How did you introduce him? into the work he is mad for a tennis ball <laughs> as all the dogs are i mean he he goes to extremes with tennis balls he will if you give him a tennis ball at home he go and hide it and say i haven't got one and then he hide <laughs> them all around so he knows he's always got a supply but we we get a tennis ball and we play with them with right. it to see how much their drive is and then basically what we do is we take that tennis ball we cut it in half we hide half of it yeah. they go and find it and we reduce it down to about a centimetre across. And then we start introducing the target scents. For us, it's petrol, paraffin, diesel, ignitable, um, any ignitable liquid that someone might use to set a fire. So we okay, introduce so that. so you're taking the tennis ball quotient down and yeah. you're introducing something so they, else. They've still got the scent of the tennis ball, but they're also picking up another scent. And presumably, they're enjoying the game. It's, it is a game for them because... Once we take away that tennis ball and they're indicating on the scent, magically appearing where they're indicating there's a tennis ball. So really all they're looking for is a tennis ball. Yeah. <laughs> and how long did that take? And, and did you spot talent? I mean, as a working breed? Cause... The, the biggest thing for regarding talent is, is how much drive have they got, how much prey drive, how much play drive they've got. Right. If you've got a dog that's not interested in the tennis ball not interested in food you find it very hard to train them on right any any sense that way yeah um but they they want to work so as i say it's a game for them so when they're looking for the ignitable liquids really they're just looking for that that reward of a tennis ball he's very focused when he when he's working yeah um he's the most focused of, of the three dogs i've had um and he's just he won't look at anybody else he won't engage with anybody else he just wants to search for that for that target scent. So quite talented then? Very, yeah. Do you think that as you've got more experienced as a handler though, you'll, I mean, you've been at this game a long time, haven't you? So do you think every dog has benefited from your gaining experience all the time as well? Without a doubt. You need to to be able to trust your dog. You need to be able to bond with your dog. And it goes both ways. The dog needs to trust you that you're not going to put them in situations that's going to cause them harm. Yeah. Um, but each dog is, is, is different. For example, my border collie Harvey, when he's searching, his tail goes from side to side. When he's picked up on a scent, it starts to go clockwise. He's very, very quick. Yeah. Um, but you can see him actually, when he picks up on the scent, you can, you can see him swing around and he's actually in that scent cone and you know that he's picked it up and his tail's just, tail gets faster. Yeah. Louis, come on. So he got that sign. Yeah. So talk to me about a working day then. What, do, what does a working day look like for Louis? Uh, Louis wakes me up every morning with the other two uh, around about five to six. 
we get sorted, we go out, we have a good walk, come back, have some uh, have some breakfast. Um, then if I'm in the office, we drive up to Eastleigh headquarters where we have the kennels for the dogs. Yeah. Um, if I'm staying up there, they go in the kennels. We do a bit of training at some point in the morning. Um, if I get a call, then they obviously come with me. Yeah. Um, so they're available to use if I need them, and actually in the scene. So. So it sounds like a funny blend. They're living at home with you. Yes. But they're in kennels at work. Yes. So there's a clear delineation between work and home. It's it's, it's more for their comfort, the kennels, more than anything, because they don't... It's not fair for them to be stuck in the van all day. Yeah. So we've got air-conditioned kennels in the van as well, but that's more for transporting more than anything else. And how many dogs are there at work? I mean, I know there are a few of you, aren't there? So yeah, are they so, a little team? So we've got um, three dog handlers. Um, we've got, we've now got um, four retired dogs. So right. I've got Harvey and Harvey and Ruby. They've retired. Colleague Andy's got um, Hoodie, who's a, a black lab. He's working at the moment, and Millie, who we retired a few years ago. And Graham Howler, has got, who was the, um, he's got fire investigation search dog Eric. Yeah. We also got retired um, USAR dog Harley. So Harley's just retired. And the USAR's the urban search, urban and, search rescue. and rescue. Yeah. So they're in during a fire. No, no fires. Immediately no, after. We, we never put the dogs in into fires. Right. Um, we always do a risk assessment. Um, but yeah, they go. They they can go into collapsed structures, structures. But they go they go to, uh, abroad as well. So they, they go kidding. internationally. No, so. Um, Harley was registered and licensed as an international search dog, so they can actually go over um, abroad if there's any issues abroad, like um, earthquakes or things like that. I guess what would fall under humanitarian work internationally, and you'd be a skilled... Yeah, it's a national resilience for the USAR and the ISAR dogs. ISAR, International International Search Search and Rescue. Rescue. But unlike the Lowland Rescue, this is, I mean, you're a paid person. This isn't a voluntary job, is it? I'm paid as a fire investigator. Right. Um, well, I'm not a dog handler as such. I'm a fire investigator with a dog. Right. So, the, as, as I said before, the dogs are another tool we have in the van. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking very happy at the moment. Now, is that his harness? He's got a red harness. That's his, that's his walking harness. That walking one. harness, yeah. all right. What does he wear when he goes to work? Uh, another a similar type one, but it's, uh, um, it's, a, it's a slightly different harness. So. Yeah. So he knows when he's in work. That's his trigger point, his... yeah. Got it. His trigger point is he's, he puts his work harness on and we also take his collar off. Right. That's a trigger and also it's a safety precaution in case he gets caught in anything. And do you have a mix of breeds working we in do, fire yes. investigation? We do, yes. Presently, we've got two, two black labs, mm-hmm. Eric and um, Hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, I've had... Um, Harvey was my first dog. He's a border collie. And my second dog, Ruby, she, she was a, a spaniel. Yep. And Louis is a spaniel. So, yeah, we've, had, um, we've, we've got, at the moment, two, two labs working and a... Springer Spaniel. And there any differences, or as you said earlier, it's about play drive and prey drive. Yeah, I mean the. Um, does sex make a difference? Apparently it does. Yeah, apparently it does. In what way? Um, when when the, the female dogs are in, on the cycle, then they tend to lose part of their sense of smell. But we've oh. never noticed it. Okay. Never noticed it. 
And presumably, if one's in season, you can't work it that's with it. the other dogs that's anyway. It. Yeah. Yeah, it does, does tend, to, tend to cause problems. So Always. has there been a highlight of Louis' working life Not so, so far? Not so much so far, no, no. Um, Ruby, my last dog, had uh, I took her to an instant um, <laughs> in the New Forest, well enough. And, um, that tennis ball's out, Louis' getting very excited. And uh, it was uh, a non-job to start with, and then she ended up having um, being in prison for 25 years for attempted murder. So. Wow. I guess you have no idea, do you, what you're going to no, each time? No, no. Um, just because we're putting in the dogs doesn't mean we think there's an ignitable liquid there. We're putting in there to see if there is an ignitable liquid or there isn't. So yes. It's just a... Um, so it's just part of your normal investigation. Exactly, yeah. To, to write off the possibility of yeah. being purposely started. Oh, amazing. And how long do they work for? When did Ruby and... When, when did your other dogs It's normally retire? about sort of eight years... Eight years or so. Uh, eight to ten years, depending yep. on the dog, really. Come. Come. <laughs> he's, he's running around. I don't think he saw the ball. Oh, he got it. <laughs> He'll pick up the scent in a minute. Yeah. He? You'll just see him swing around. But it's very the wind's quite so strong, though, isn't it? Yeah. And it's not necessarily going in the direction to help him. He's circling around. Is that his natural... Yeah, so he's down. He's downwind at the, top, at the yeah. moment. So he'd be is he an air centre or a ground yeah. centre? No, he's, he's an air centre. What you'll see is the dog going in and out of the scent cone. So explain what that means. So everybody, everything that has got a scent, it comes off in a cone. So it starts off narrow and comes out oh, wider. Oh, he's got it. Well done. So you'll see the dog zigzag in and out of that scent cone until you see him zigzagging smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Until they get to the source. So that's kind of winnowing it down in a way, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and this is, this is how you know that dogs are searching because they're set, and all of a sudden they're ping round yeah. and you can think, right, they've picked up on something and they'll either continue with it or move on. Oh, it's giving him a good run, isn't it? <laughs> and how are they off duty? I mean, do you, uh, have, do you live a very normal life with them as pet normal dogs? Normal as any dog owner, I suppose. Yeah. There's no day off. Um, no, they always need the walk. No, <laughs> my three need a lot of um, stimulation as well. Yeah. Um, so not just physical stimulation, but they need that mental stimulation. So we, we play game, I play games with them, maybe in the garden hides and stuff, and they go and search for it. Um, and and is it? I mean, you've kind of repurposed, I guess, because they've had a previous life before they were with you. Is he we, waiting? Yeah, for we've, you to... we've channeled we've channeled that energy really, yeah. channeled in that energy to. to so they've got a purpose. Careful. Careful. And this is this is all that this is all they want to do is work. Yeah. And the fact is that, that chasing the tennis ball is is good fun for him and he enjoys it. Yeah. And it's 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 the it's a high value treat for him. Yes. I could get food out now and he wouldn't be interested. If there's a tennis ball, he'd just be interested in that tennis ball. <laughs> so. And how is his relationship with the other dogs yeah i mean ruby just tolerates everybody she yep. doesn't necessarily like people or or other animals but she does tolerate them and harvey harvey and and louie are they're, well it's as if they were brought up together i mean over the, more longer than they have been and they get on great they sort of protect each other and if i'm out here with both of them or all three of them and ruby sort of stays by my side now because she, she can't run too far 
Harvey tries to keep up with him, but he always makes sure that Harvey's got a ball. So if Harvey can't find it, he'll find it for him. Right. And nudge it towards him. So he does. They look after each other, really. And they do. do they do, do wear well each other out. Can I ask that? No, it's like having a favourite daughter, <laughs> and each one of my daughters knows that they're my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> when they're not together, so no, they've all got their own little personalities. So I mean, he's he's a bit of a daddy's boy. Harvey's a bit of daddy's boy, but Ruby's not. She's she's a mummy mummy's girl. She is. Is there a career progression for them? I mean, you, you're doing these quite structured qualifications, aren't you? So in, you're in, having to hit different standards as a handler with the dog yeah, as a team. Yeah, the, the standards are quite high anyway because, yeah. we, I say, we train with the police for Hampshire and Thames Valley Police. Right. Um, so we train with them because they are the experts in dogs. I mean, if you, if you imagine that Fire Investigation Search Dogs is only about 17 in the whole of the UK. Right. And we've got three working dogs in Hampshire... Um, that's a, that's quite a big is. proportion, isn't yeah. it? Um, so the standards are quite high, but because the dogs need something to do once they retire, yeah. we tend to use them as, as a welfare dogs. So yes. we'll take them out to fire stations. There's been sort of a nasty incident in, in an area that we've been involved in or stations have been involved yes. in. Look at here. We'll take them out of the station and they just sit and... The dogs know. I mean, I took Harvey to um, the Children's Cancer Ward in Southampton a few years ago, and a young lad came out in a wheelchair with his, with his brother and his mum and dad, and his brother was playing with Harvey by throwing the ball, yeah. but this, this young lad in the wheelchair wouldn't, wouldn't interact, and his mum said he doesn't like dogs. He won't look at them, won't touch them or anything. Well, Harvey cottoned on to this, and he kept dropping his ball onto his lap. And in the end, the, the, the young lad just spent about a good hour playing with him. And the, the, his mum was in tears, bless her, because she said he's never, ever been involved with any dogs whatsoever. And it was, it was lovely to watch, but they do know. So taking them out of the stations, um, even our chief fire officer now, he's got, um, he's got a cockapoo that he brings in and, and <laughs> as a welfare dog because it, it reduces the dog's heart rate, it reduces, reduces the person's heart rate. Yeah. And, and, uh, and is that new, Sean? You know, is, is the, I mean, I guess you could call them welfare no, dogs, trauma dogs. No, we don't call them trauma. Trauma dogs are slightly different. They're, they're going to be trained. Right. Um, but the welfare dogs are, are there for the welfare of the people that, that get involved with them, really. Right. And it's not, it's, it's not really a new thing. I think it's, it's, it's becoming fashionable because people are aware of the benefits of dogs and you, you, unfortunately lockdown brought out a lot of people that took on dogs to, to keep them company yeah. um, but it did get people out walking the dogs and um, it's, it's good for your mental health however you feel in the morning 10 minutes, yeah. 10 minutes down to well I mean to here yeah. and the, I've been up for hours type thing and it, it, it makes you feel a lot better whatever worries you've got you can yeah. forget about them fresh air, change yeah. of scene yeah Yes. A bit of greenery. Yeah. And then the winter, go and share them off when we get back. <laughs> now, I did want to ask you about uniforms because I'd heard of fire booties. I think yes. I've seen them on your website. The dogs, the dogs wear boots. Right. Um, what are the boots like? They're there to protect their feet. Yeah. Um, basically, they're rough wear boots and they've got a, a rubber sole. And it, it's literally just to protect their feet from any sharp objects, yep. and that's all they're for. We, we don't oh, use them as I often assumed as... assumed pe- it would be heat. No, we, don't, we never put them into hot fires. Yeah. 
So it's. I there. mean, of course you wouldn't. No. I, d- d- terrible. I even thought that. I just thought it's fire booties. Everybody was it? says the same thing yeah. when they go into fires. No, we don't. We don't actually put the dogs into fires. We if we do we do a risk assessment. Yeah. Um, I've been to incidents out of county. Um, where they said, oh, we've got, we, you can't go in, but the dog can go in. So I don't put the dog in. If I can't go in with the dog, because he's my responsibility, yeah. then the dog doesn't go in, as simple as. And it, it's, we have to do a risk assessment every time we work the dogs. And that risk assessment will include any um, heat, not just with, from fire, but in a building that's been yeah. closed up without the heating on. You know, we, we have to sort of ventilate it to cool it down. And Sean, when, when you've sent Louis in... How do you know if he's found a solvent or a flammable liquid or whatever? How does he tell you? So what the dogs do is they'll search for it and when they, they, when they pick up the scent, you'll see them zigzagging through that scent yeah. cone. When they've come to the source of it, they'll stop and put their nose about an inch away and then just freeze until we've given them, OK, let's move on. We never reward them in a scene because we don't know what's there. Yeah. They could be indicating on something completely different. So... The dogs can't tell us what it is. They can mm. only tell us where it is. And they say they do that by stopping and freezing. And then with the, the, the crime scene investigator will take a, a sample of that, mm. send it away to the lab, get it tested, etc. And it comes back to say, yes, it's this, this and this. God, it's another world. Bring it here. <laughs> do the dogs make any difference to how you operate as fire firefighters? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, from, from a day-to-day if we if we go out on a fire investigation, they can save us time. Yeah. They can start. I mean, if you take an area uh, uh, of this plane, how field, big are example, we looking at here? Uh, probably what 100 meters by 200 meters. 200 meters, yeah. Something like that. So this you... would this would take a team of two or three people to search this. Probably two or three days. Yeah. The dogs can search this in probably five minutes. But they also, when yeah, we're in a fire, huge, isn't it? We're in a fire scene. They can. Whereas we'd look at burn patterns, smoke patterns, etc. Visible patterns, yeah. in other words. So we look at, and we might take several samples. Well, each mm. of those samples cost in the region of £800. Um, the dogs can go in and say, take a sample from here. So we end up taking one sample. But it's, it's that, um, that time and the money saving that mm. is for fire investigation. But also we use the dogs to, to engage with... Um, People that wouldn't normally engage with fire officers. Yeah. For example, we, we ran, a, um, uh, ran courses in, in Winchester Prison yep. where we took the dogs in and pe- uh, people that had been convicted for arson and being released, we went in and spoke to them about the consequences. And they tried it previously with firefighters going in and officers going in. They just didn't want to engage. As soon as you take a dog in, they start to engage. Mm. And a lot of these people have been put away by the, the, the evidence that the dogs have indicated on, and they're still engaging. So there's a whole communications and education aspect to their Yeah, work. They're, they're there to, to, um, to help me in my job, yep. to do the cause and origin, but they're there also to engage in the community yeah. and get the message across. I mean, the, the, the dogs are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram... <laughs> And Twitter, they've got over 10,000 followers. Amazing. So if we can get a message out to those 10,000 yeah. or half of those people, we're, we're doing well. And do you think that, I mean, if there are 17 fire dogs in the whole country yep. and you've got three in Hampshire, do you think it's something that may become more commonplace within the fire service it's, generally? It's not a legal requirement to investigate the fires to the level we do. Yep. Now, we're lucky in Hampshire that we're a full-time team. 
So that's our only role is fire investigation. A lot of other fire service throughout the country, it's a bolt-on role for their, their, their officers. Right. So they might be a hazmat officer, they might be a dim officer. And they might and what's also, a hazmat officer, what's has, a dim officer? Ha, hazmat officer is uh, hazardous material and the dim officer is, is much the same thing. Um, but they're, they're roles that they, they need to be trained on to be, keep up their qualifications. So mm. adding fire investigation and all the other roles, they might be in, in, um, in charge of four or five fire stations as well. Right. So they've got personnel issues. So you've got ongoing sharing of resources in the fire service. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually run a, um, a four-handler rotor with Surrey. Yeah. So Surrey Fire and Rescue covers Surrey and Sussex. We carry... <laughs> Hampshire and Thames Valley. Oh, that tennis ball's calling. <laughs> um, so we run a, a four-week rotor. Yeah. With, so they've got two handlers, we've got two handlers that are on the rotor. And we, so we've got a dog available for anywhere between um, Surrey, Sussex, Hampshire and Thames Valley, 24 right. hours a day, seven days a week. But we also go to other fire services. So we've been to Kent, yeah. we've been to Essex, because they don't have dogs. We've been to Dorset, we've been to Wiltshire. And if a fire service decides... It wants to train dogs. Do they? Do you have a training role there, or is it? They, they, they we train our our own dogs in Hampshire. Yeah. Um, and this Hampshire Fire and Rescue, sorry, Hampshire Lowland Rescue as well, as you said, as well. So there are other organisations around yeah. that might mean a dog is almost trained. Yeah, I mean, fire investigation is slightly different to, well, very different to, to Lowland Rescue because um, the target substance you can't see. With, yeah. uh, with Lowland Search, they, you, eventually you see it. And it's a bit like the drugs dogs, the firearms dogs. Once their handlers, their dogs indicated, yeah. the handlers can see that. At the end of the day, we're looking for black stuff amongst black stuff. Yeah. And the dogs are indicating that, take that bit of black stuff. They're doing something you yeah. literally can't do, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, so it's, um, I mean... The reason we use the dogs is they their noses are so astute. I mean, we've got approximately 5 million septoceptors in our noses and the dogs have got up to 300 million. So this is why we use the dogs. Mm. And put that into perspective, and this is what I go out and tell schools, is when you walk past the chip shop, you smell chips. Yeah. When a dog walks past the chip shop, they can smell individual chips. That's so, a nice way of explaining. Yeah. And I can remember one, one young lad said to me, I don't like chips. I said, what do you like? He said, McDonald's. I said, do you like Big Macs? He said, yeah. He said, I said, what do you smell? He said, a burger. I said, what the dogs can smell is an all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on the sesame seed bun. <laughs> Too clever. And this is, this is why there's nothing on the market that can out, outperform yeah. the dogs. And do it with such style. Yeah, he's looking for a puddle. Is he? Yeah. Be two <laughs> Special treat for you when you get home. Yeah. Muddy dog. Because when, it, when it's a spring tide here, yeah. this, this comes right over the end, almost up to the road. Oh, right. So, it's, um, yeah, it does tend to flood. It's lovely down here. Yeah, it's, it's nice, nice to see out. him at play as well. Yeah. Yeah. We've got... Um, course on we train um a lot of universities and private companies in fire investigation mm. at our headquarters um where we set up containers build them as rooms set fire to them and then they come out and they excavate it and tell us what the cause and the origin was 
and we, we get the dogs involved then. So plus it gives us a bit of training in yeah. live fire scene with the dogs. But it also gives potential CSIs of the future that understanding of how CSIs? the dogs work. Crime scene investigators. Got it. Um, gives them an understanding of what the dogs can and can't do. Yeah. Um, because they do want miracles. I mean, the amount of times I'm asked, well, what, was the, what did the dog indicate? I say an ignitable liquid. Well, what, what one? Because I don't know. Oh, I thought the dog could tell us. No. He can tell us there's a presence of ignitable liquid, but you have to get in a lab to test it. So, Because he can't talk. Because he can't yes. talk. Yes, whereas if he could talk, you've trained him on finding all these smells, haven't you? So, yeah. actually, <laughs> if he could talk, he'd do the lab's job too. Well, I hope you found that interesting. I really did. I, I think I'd had some kind of misconception in my mind that those fire socks were protecting the dogs from heat. And I was quite relieved to hear that that was completely wrong. And of course they're not, because you would never send a dog with its fur into a hot, um, fiery environment. So I can't imagine why I even thought that. Now... On to next month. I was delighted to get a lovely email from Patricia Bland. Thank you, Patricia, um, from the Pets as Therapy organisation in our area. And she actually sent me a whole list of potential new interviewees. And I'm having a look down them. They're a lovely variety. Uh, Cockapoo is uh, hopefully going to be our next guest on the next month. But uh, because visits to places like care homes and even schools went on a kind of pause through COVID and the lockdown. Um, I'm hoping that I'm actually going to be able to go in with the dogs and hear them working because I know that they make a really transformative difference to both residents of care homes and also kids in schools. So one way or another, we'll bring you therapy dogs possibly next month and then probably later on in the year. Uh, please keep the introductions coming. I love it when I get your emails dropping in to team at shineradio.uk and uh, I always love to meet the wonderful working dogs of our area. So keep those introductions coming and have a great month be back at the end of July with the August edition. Thanks, as always, for listening. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, I hope you're well. Do you know what day it is, guys? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. We're back in the groove, aren't we, with Rise and Shine this we week? We are. Uh, yeah. Hit We're the ground running. Rise and Shine. We are doing Petersfield Parenting, about life as a family in Petersfield. JC Creasy. Yes, good morning, Alan, to you and to all your listeners. Rise and Shine, my friends. Rise and Shine. Petersfield people will know this story. You can catch Rise and Shine every weekday morning. Rise and shine. Every day has something happening. Petersfield Shine Radio.